Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Hey, we're right here in week number five of What Is Jesus Doing? And it's Thanksgiving for us here in Canada. So we're talking about Jesus is releasing the power of Thanksgiving. So I want you to understand that there is real genuine power in Thanksgiving. It is the virtue that is the seedbed of all other virtues. I tell you, Thanksgiving is a very, very important attitude to be grounded in if you really want to move ahead. So you're going to learn some great stuff about Thanksgiving giving and why you should make it a a priority in your life every day. Come on, let's get into the word. So uh, turkey, anybody having some turkey? Cheryl doesn't have a turkey in the house yet, but I'm going to get one. And I'm going to open it up and start to make like I'm going to cook it. And she's going to go into it just to fit because she's going to watch me messing up her kitchen. And you know what she's going to do? She's going to kick me out of that kitchen and cook me a turkey. So praise (laughs) Jesus. I think she's like, it's a big, big bird. Anyways, turkeys. How many of you like turkey? How many have had turkey already? Ah, you're the sleepy ones. Yeah. All right. So uh, what do turkeys like to eat on Thanksgiving? They don't eat anything. They're already stuffed. Wow. So why did the turkey eat the meal so quickly? He was a gobbler. Oh, boo, hiss, boo. Hey, why did the turkey join the band? Because he had drumsticks. Who likes a drumstick? Who likes a drumstick? You like a drumstick? Is there anybody else likes a drumstick? Who's disappointed there's only two drumsticks on a turkey? Hey, you know, it's tough when you got a family and everybody wants a drumstick, there's only two. So I know a farmer who uh, bred these turkeys until there was six legs per bird. The only problem is we don't know what it tastes like because he can't catch it. So. Wow, I'm trying really hard up here. Trying. Okay, so uh, the, the turkey got sent to the office. Why did he get sent to the principal's office? Because he used foul language. Okay, we got to finish on a high. I don't know if it is. I don't know what the, what the little turkey said to the big turkey. Peck on someone your own size. Let's go back to the first one. It was the best one. So, so we had a, a young guy. He was, uh, you know, kind of sweet on a young lady. And uh, she wanted to introduce him to the family and see if, you know, the family approved. And so she said, you know, could we have this fellow for Thanksgiving dinner? And, and they were like, all right, let's have the young man come for Thanksgiving dinner. So he was pretty excited to go spend this time with her. Thought we're moving on in this relationship. This is good. So we went down to the shopper's drug mart and went into the fragrance section there. And he was standing there looking at stuff. And all of a sudden the pharmacist came by and said, can I help you, son? And he said, yeah, maybe. I'm, I want to I wanna know in all these fragrances here, like which one of these fragrances leads to some smooching? You know, I want a fragrance that's going to lead to some smooching. And the farmer says, well, I'm not sure what will lead to smooching. But he said, you know, this fragrance here is pretty popular. A lot of people buy that. So he said, all right, I'll take that one then. So he got his cologne and got himself all dressed up and got to, got to the girlfriend's house. He's all sprayed up and ready to go. And when he got there, he sat at the table with the family. And he looked around and he said, uh, sir, would you mind if I asked a blessing today? And he said, well, son, sure, go ahead. So he stood up and said, Father, I thank you that righteousness exalts a nation. 
I thank you, Father, that you're a God who demands purity. You're a God who has, has caused holiness to pervade every circumstance of our hearts and lives. And I thank you that you've baptized us in your grace and in your righteousness. I thank you that you are a good God and there's, there's no evil. Those who fear God, they depart from evil. And he's praying away, giving it. He started to pray for the missionaries and praying for everything. And, and he finished up, Lord, bless this food. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, when it was all wrapped up, they got apart for a minute, and the girl said, man, that was impressive. I didn't know that you really had such a handle on the Word of God and the things of God, and man, you, you put it out like a real spiritual guy. I didn't know you had that in you. He says, well, I didn't know your dad was a pharmacist. You back there, let me explain it to you. So, <laughs> wow, I need a road map for that one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh, isn't that good? Just say that again. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you about the power of Thanksgiving. There's power in Thanksgiving. Did you know that? There's power in Thanksgiving. It's a big deal. Romans chapter 1, 21 says, yes, they knew God. Yes. It's a big affirmative. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They wouldn't give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, as a result, their minds became dark and confused. It wasn't that they didn't know God. They knew God. Yes, they knew God. They knew who God was, but they wouldn't honor him as God. They didn't even give him thanks. And because of that, they made up a God of their own making and had their own worship system and decided, here's the way this is going to go down. Unthankfulness isn't a neutral posture. It's going to lead to something terrible. Their minds became dark and confused. Being unthankful is the cornerstone, the launching point for every corrupting influence. Grumbling sustains offense. Talk about what is the opposite of thanksgiving, grumbling and ingratitude. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without complaining and disputing. That would eliminate half my conversations. I don't know about you, I got a few opinions. Get a bunch of us in a room, we'll have 10 opinions, and most of them stink. Kind of like armpits. Everybody's got two. Do all things without complaining and disputing. 1 Corinthians 10, 10, 11. Do not grumble, as some of them did, and then they were destroyed by the angel of death. Wow. These things happened to them as examples. Say examples. Paul's saying the old covenant, thank God we're not in it. Thank God we have a new covenant, and there's a real big difference in the two. But he said, you know, the old covenant was written as an example for us, and we can learn from it. See, they were told they could enter into rest. They could enter into the blessings and promise of God. But when they got to the land, they looked at it, and they saw giants. They saw walled cities. They saw obstacles. They saw difficulties. And instead of saying, wow, thank God we get to go in and possess all these things. Thank you, Jesus. Well, they wouldn't have said thank you, Jesus. But thank God. And instead, they went, we can't do this. Look at this. Look, you brought us to this place. These people are monsters. Oh, my goodness. And they started to grumble, and they started to complain. God has opened the door wide for you for every blessing, every single blessing. Isn't it good? And boy, we got to approach it with thanksgiving, don't we? They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. They were written down to warn us living at the end. Don't grumble. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't grumble. I give you permission all week long to shout that at each other. Just stop it. 
All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19. Rejoice always. Come on, rejoice always. Ha ha. Pray without ceasing. Be in a constant state of fellowship and communication with God. A constant hum, a constant buzz of communion, of fellowship where you and he are walking in life, understanding an acute awareness of his life and his presence every moment of your day. Be in a state of prayer always. Prayer is exchanging wishes. Prayer is where you're walking together. He's got a wish, you've got a wish. You're sharing each other's hearts. You're sharing desires. You're sharing passion. You're walking with Jesus every moment of the day. Pray without ceasing. In. Say in. It's not for, because some stuff stinks. Today, I woke up, ready to get down. Dylan said, come on, you can go with me. And then he come back in. He says, my battery's dead. The car won't turn on. And his car is behind us. I can't get it in neutral. I can't even get out of the way. I said, well, if you can't get out of the way, we're all stuck. So I had to take my car, drive it up to the garage, then wiggle it around the yard, get it turned around to jump his car. Went through all that, put the jumper cables on his car, and I'm revving up my car. All of a sudden, Cheryl came out and she said, in Jesus' name. I went, yeah, like that was you. I mean, come on. Just got a little more juice, but she said, that was me. Jesus' name. I wasn't really excited about that, but you know, it all worked out. We got here. It was all good, right? First world problems, you know, eh? In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God for you. It's not that everything's the will of God for you, but the will of God for you is to rejoice, to pray without ceasing, and give thanks and everything. What's the will of God for me, Pastor? What's the will of God? Oh, I want to do some deep searching for the will of God. Oh, I want to find the will of God. Here's the will of God. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything, give thanks. I'm telling you, if you do that, the will of God will chase you down, tackle you, and, and, and you just walk in it all the time. You don't got to worry about the will of God. The will of God will be happening in your life because you'll be walking towards it forcefully. And that's an absolute truth. That's the will of God. And I love what it says. Do not quench the spirit. You know, when, when you're not walking in that, you're literally quenching the flow of God's purpose and spirit in your life. So come on, be thankful. Anybody thankful today? Thank you very much. Anybody, anybody thankful today? They knew him as God, but they wouldn't give him thanks. Is anybody thankful today? Well, I'm just not like that. I'm more reserved. It doesn't say give thanks all the extroverted people. It says give strength, give thanks all you people. Are you all here today? How many did not even wake up yet? You rolled out of bed, but you're still asleep. All right, Acts chapter 16, 23 to 26. Now, Paul said that. Paul, Paul wrote that down. But this is a history lesson about Paul's life. It says that Paul was preaching, and he's in this city, and there was this demon-possessed girl chasing around, barking stuff at them. And so he cast the devil out of her, and the girl was totally set free. But the people who owned her used her for fortune-telling and things, so they were mad. They were upset, so they got Paul arrested. So Paul got arrested, and he got thrown in jail. He got beaten and whipped, and he's thrown in jail. It says that when many... Uh, stripes have been laid upon him they threw him into prison and not just into prison but they threw him in the bottom of the prison and they took him and they put his hands and his feet in stocks so his back is torn open and bloody and you can't even itch your nose you, you, you know imagine you got an itchy nose you can you imagine having an itchy nose and your hands are stuck and that would be all well it wasn't an itchy nose he's got his back is torn open and bloody lashed open and you know what's in the bottom of the prison rats you know what's crawling all over his back? Rats. He's got rats gnawing at his open, bloody back. And you know what he's doing? He's saying, 
God, why'd you get me into this mess? No, look what it says. He's there fastened in stocks, but at midnight, at the darkest moment, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And look what happened. And all the doors, all the doors, say all the doors. All the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Who's waiting for you to say thanks? What locked door is waiting for you just to say thank you? What circumstance that someone is bounding and broken and is just waiting for you to say thank you, Jesus? Their act of thanksgiving didn't just set them free. It started a revival where the jailer came. He's going to kill himself because this is crazy. He said, no, 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 it's all good. And you know, what's amazing about this is Paul didn't say, okay, you're saved. Bless you, baptize you. See you guys. Let's get out of town. He stayed in jail. He stayed there. Even though everything was loose, he stayed in jail. And he waited until everybody came. And he says, folks, you arrested me. You shouldn't have done that. He says, I don't want to leave in the dark of the night. I don't want to escape. I want to go out. I want you to have a parade for me. Because this should have never happened. Isn't it amazing? I thought once he got loose, he would tear off and say, let's get out of here. No, he stayed there. But everybody was free. The revival began. And why? Because at midnight, at the darkest moment, in a horrible, hellish situation, they decided in all things give thanks Can I, somebody help me okay, can anybody help me can, somebody just somebody is it, has anybody been blessed has anybody experienced the goodness of, anyone in this room ever Yeah, I'm, I'm not begging for, you know, that was good preaching. I'm just saying, man, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful, aren't you? Daniel, Daniel. I mean, here, here's Daniel. And they, he, he opens his windows three times a day, and he prays to the east. And he does it every day. Everybody knows he does it. He doesn't just open the windows and... He opens the windows and he prays. He opens his mouth and he shouts thanksgiving to God. And everybody knows he does it. They all know it and it really annoys some people. So some people say, let's get that guy. So they go and they talk in the, the, the king. Let's make a rule that nobody should you know, pray to any other God except you. And, and we, we want you to be exalted, O king. So he made the rule. And when Daniel heard about the rule, he said, man, I better not pray. I better not open my windows. I could get arrested. Because you know what the penalty was now for praying? The penalty for praying openly, you know what it was? If anybody was found to be worshiping or praying to another God, you got thrown into the lions. So I don't want to get thrown in the lions. How about you? But Daniel said, I don't care. I got something I do every day. I give thanks to God. And he opened his windows just like he always did. And he gave thanks to God. Sure enough, he got arrested. And he went down, got thrown with the lions. And they had a couple of games of cards. And the lions didn't do it. Lions' mouths were shut, couldn't do a thing. And a miracle took place because Daniel said, I'm going to give thanks to God. Nobody's going to change my convictions or what I do with my life. And I'm going to stand up no matter what, and I'm going to give thanks to God, because giving thanks to God is how you release a river, a blessing in your life that brings breakthroughs, not just for you, but for everyone else. Because then you know what happens is Daniel's God is God. So Daniel's God became God because Daniel said, I'm going to give thanks to God. A whole nation got set free. A whole nation got a revelation of the God of God's the King of glory, because Daniel would not stop giving thanks to God. Who's entrapped today because we are intimidated and will not open our mouths and give thanks to God? 
John chapter 6, verse 11, I just read it. Jesus lifted up the loaves, and what did he do? Jesus lifted up the loaves, and he gave thanks. So I'm telling you, giving thanks to God is how you open up a highway of supernatural stuff in your life and in your world. Giving thanks isn't something that God says, and by the way, give thanks. And by the way, be grateful. And by the way, don't forget to say thank you. Thank you, ma'am. That's not the kind of thing. Not, not thank you because you got something, but I want you to build into your life and into your experience an attitude of gratitude for all things. I don't want you just to be grateful for stuff. I want you to be thankful in all things. I want it to surround you that you have an attitude of gratitude and a, a posture of thanksgiving that permeates every aspect of your life. There's no grumbling. There's no miserableness, but you are saturated. You know what? That person's grateful. They're always grateful. It's so annoying. Let's be annoying. Let's be grateful. Because gratitude is going to open a door for a river of blessing to not just touch your life, but to touch your community and bring the supernatural into manifestation. Oh, go on. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Jesus lifted up the boy's lunch, and he said, Father, I thank you. And he broke it up, and a miracle fell into manifestation. So he shows up at Lazarus' tomb. He shows up, and Lazarus has been dead four days. And he comes up, and Martha says, oh, if you'd only been here. He says, Martha, Martha, it's okay. It's not that I would have been the resurrection. It's not that I will be the resurrection. It's not that I was the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. The I am is right here right now. No matter what's dead or how miserable it looks, the I am is here. Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that no matter how dark, how miserable the situation is, it's dead, it's four days, it's stinking, there's a stone in front of it, it's impossible to see what I had hoped for to come into manifestation. You're in a setup for God to manifest himself. But Jesus looked up and he gave thanks. I give thanks, Father, that you always hear me. Thanksgiving opens the door to the supernatural. Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying, I'm trying, Lord, I'm trying, I'm trying. And they ate all that they wanted. And he said, I thank you, Lord, that you have heard me. And sure enough, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He had to say, Lazarus, come forth, because if he just said, come forth, the whole graveyard would have emptied. Not you, Bob, you don't know, not you, Fred. Back down, back down. I meant Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, I mean, imagine, he's all wrapped up. He's wrapped up like a dummy. He wasn't a dummy. He's wrapped up. Not a dummy. A mummy. <laughs> he's, he's wrapped up like a dummy. <laughs> he's wrapped up like a mummy. I mean, imagine, you know, mummies can't walk, right? I mean, mummies, he would have, ooh, he would have like floated out of there. He would have, up, ooh, that would have been really cool to see, you know what I mean? Then all of a sudden, hey, come on, undo him. Let him go. Set him free. Isn't it great that God lets us participate in the miracle? He says, now you guys can, can cut him loose. Wow. I wonder if he's still dead under there. I wonder if it's just like, whoop, whoop, the corpse came in. Cut him loose, and there he was. Isn't that awesome? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus walked in thanksgiving. Cicero, Cicero, he lived 106, 43 B.C., and he said, gratitude is not the only, it's not only the greatest of the virtues, but it's the parent of all others. The seedbed of every other virtue, love, kindness, all these things, every other virtue, he says, Cicero, it's just Cicero, just Cicero, but Cicero said gratitude is the seedbed of all other virtue. That's, that's how much he thought of the power of gratitude. 
All right. Cicero, what you appreciate appreciates what you don't appreciate depreciates. It's true. You know, there's some of you who just went, man, our pastor's awesome. You just keep on saying it enough, and I don't change a bit, but you know what? I appreciate. I mean, if you think your wife's driving you crazy, start appreciating her. Just I appreciate her. Just, just practice some appreciation. Practice some thanksgiving. Practice some gratitude. And you'd be amazing how much those people will change in your world. Not a single thing will change about them. But you know what? You're going to change the appreciation factor. You keep grumbling about things and it'll get messy. There are people grumbling about their spouse. I go, that's just going to get worse and worse. I mean, you need to start appreciating that. I had somebody say, I never get anything out of the word. Open the word, never get anything out of it. I say, well, say this after me. Every time I open the word, I get great stuff out of it. It's like life to me. It's spirit and life. It's like mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. <laughs> you know, suddenly they come back a month later. Man, the word's awesome. Yeah, that's because you appreciate it. You know, what you appreciate, appreciates. Appreciation to be grateful for, thankful for, or to raise or increase in value. And you can increase the value of stuff through thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. The gates where you go in, the gates of the temple, the gates of the tabernacle, the first threshold you cross is literally called the gates of thanksgiving. That's how God set it up that way, that when you approach God, your approach must be with thanksgiving god designed it that way thanksgiving psalm 69 30 i will praise the name of god with a song i will magnify him with thanksgiving amen you can't make god bigger he's already big but when you praise him you magnify god in the circumstances and you begin to see that this is nothing there's nothing too hard for my god i thought this was complicated but is it when you start to praise god and you start to bless god you start to be thankful to god suddenly god becomes your vision is full of him and suddenly your circumstances look puny because i can do all things through christ who strengthens me you can magnify him. He can't get bigger, but you'll make him bigger in the situation. Ephesians 5, 19, sing, make melody and music in your heart, always giving thanks to God in everything. And whatever you do in word or in deed, Colossians 3, 17, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thanks. Eucharista is the, is the Greek word. It's where we have communion comes from the Eucharist. It's being grateful. What are we doing when we have the Lord's Supper? We are grateful. Thank you, Father. I cannot believe it. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I can't, this is, I'm so grateful. I don't deserve any of this. I'm not entitled to any of it. And every day it's blessing upon blessing. Daily he loads me with benefits. It's in the Bible. Daily he loads me with benefits. Every morning his mercies are new. It's not the mercies of yesterday. It's not the same old stuff. But every morning I open my eyes and there's fresh mercy being poured upon me. Every day mercy is you don't get what you deserve. It's the mercy of God and God God delights in showing mercy. Wow. Please settle down. Now I want all the extroverts to be quiet. We only want the introverts to shout today. Can I hear it from the introverts right now? This isn't, this isn't, you know, specific to your makeup. Everybody, is everybody here? Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. 
It's embarrassing to be quiet right now, isn't it? It's embarrassing to sit here still. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph! Uh, Everybody stare at the disobedient person near you. They've somehow, you know, made up a reason that I don't have to do that. I obey the other stuff in the word. That's awkward. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph! Never coming back to this church, pastor, made me feel awkward. (laughs) Terrible stuff. Thanks to God. Thanksgiving in the, in the Hebrew, it's tauda, which means to express visible thanks or adoration. Say visible. visible. means you can see it. What are you doing? I'm being thankful. I raised my eyebrows. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye. Visible. Adoration by extending your hands to God. Reverence coupled with offerings of sacrifice of praise. We bring a sacrifice of praise. I don't feel like it. Well, that's why it's a sacrifice. You don't feel like it. It's not a sacrifice when you feel like it. The car won't start. Praise the Lord. What's the matter with you? Thank you, Jesus. They got Cheryl out with her magic hands. Power. Hey, extend your hands coupled with an offering of sacrifice of praise, a confession of thanks. All right, let me, for those people who don't agree with the word of God, let me give you some science. Sonia Liambomirsky. It's a nice name, Sonia. Dr. Sonia, professor of psychology at the University of California, author of The How-To of Happiness, a book of strategies backed up by scientific research that can be used to increase happiness. You can Google that right now. You can order that book on Amazon, or you can pay attention to the rest of the sermon. Here's what she said. One characteristic of the happiest people is that they are comfortable, they are comfortable expressing gratitude for all they have. Pastor, I want to be more happy. Well, get demonstrative about your gratitude for God. Is there another way? Is there a quieter version of that? Hallelujah. Hands raised. You know why the flag's at half-mast, eh? Because somebody died in there. Half-mast. All the way up, there's a flag flying high in the castle of my heart. Because the king is in residence there. They're comfortable expressing gratitude for all they have. Another doctor, in case you didn't like that doctor, Dr. Robert Emmons. Thanks. The how-to. The new science. Imagine that. I mean, God told us about it a long, long time ago. But now it's the new science. The new science of gratitude can make you happier. Thank God these people figured this out. Thank God that science is catching up to the word of God. I soon discovered that gratitude is a deeper and more complex phenomenon that plays a critical role in human happiness. Gratitude is literally one of the few things that can measurably change people's lives. Pastor, I want to measurably change my life. Dr. Robert Emmons says, gratitude is one of the few things that can actually... I, I, used, I used to think Sean was my guy. But I, you know what? Now I know that he thought if he shouted at me, I would move quicker. 
How many are grateful that you saw that sign? (laughs) Do you know what I put up with every week? I mean, I got that stuff. I'm trying to preach and I'm constantly getting attacked from a thing in the back. Hey, thank you, pastor, for overcoming those traumas every week. You know, I soon discovered that gratitude can change your life. He went on to say that we've discovered that a person who experiences gratitude will be able to cope more effectively with everyday stress. Anybody got stress? Boom. Thank you. I mean, do 10, thank you, Jesus, push-ups, and you can deal with stress. Boom. May, it, may they show increased resilience in the face of trauma-induced stress, and they recover more quickly from illness, and they benefit from greater physical health. Can I get an amen? amen. Dr. Robert Emmons again, he said, a practice of gratitude raises your happiness set point. Did you know that you have a happiness set point? The great thing, though, is that ha- thankfulness can raise your set point. How are you? I'm happy. You need some thank you (laughs) push-ups because your set point's kind of low. You can move up your set point. You can remain at a higher level of happiness regardless of the outside circumstances. One more, Dan Baker wrote a book, What Happy People Know. What Happy People Know. During active appreciation, the threatening messages from your amygdala, that's that's really your fear center. It's a threatening center. It's the fear center of your brain. And the anxious instincts of your brainstem are cut off. Suddenly and surely from access to your brain's neocortex where there they can fester. So when you get happy, when you get, when you, sorry, when you, when you get thankful, I mean, you can actually, boom, you can cut off. When you appreciate things, you can cut off that fear. Look what he says. He calls it, they replicate themselves and they turn into a stream of thoughts into a cold river of dread. Let me say that again. If you keep on letting these negative things fester in your mind, it keeps on multiplying in your amygdala and starts throwing things into your neocortex until you have created in your brain a cold river of dread. Just, that was fun, wasn't it? Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. It is a fact in neurology that the brain cannot be in a state of appreciation and a state of fear at the same time so you can't be thank you jesus thank you jesus i think i'm gonna die i think i'm gonna die you literally have to something has to shift you can't do both at the same time when you step into a realm of appreciation the two states may alternate but they are mutually exclusive which means as the word of god said give thanks always If you would do what the Word of God says and give thanks always, you would eliminate any cold river of dread ever affecting your life. And you would live in a state of peace and a state of rest. It would actually make you more healthy. It would make you handle stress better. You'd sleep better. Everything would go better. You'd even say amen better during pastor's sermons. I don't know if that's true, but thank you for doing that. Luke chapter 5, we had a a leper. A leper came and said, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And Jesus said, I am willing. He touched him and boom, he's immediately healed. Then he said, go show the priest. Because you had to go show the priest. If you're sick, the priest told you that that you got leprosy. You got to leave the community. You got to live outside the community. Bye-bye. You got to leave your family, leave your friends, leave everything. You got to wander around in the countryside and you'll find some miserable people who suffer from the same drama that you do. And you can hang out with the same people stuck in the same drama and mindset that you are. If you hang around with miserable people, look in the mirror. It's probably because you found people who suffer from the same drama that you do. If there's drama going on in your life or in your friend's life, then you maybe need to realize that I am hanging out with a drama infested group of people. Drama attracts drama. I don't join pity parties. I don't join drama events. 
I will attack them with joy. I will join them to blow them up with the thankfulness of God, but I will not hang around very long if something doesn't shift. So here's a fellow caught in his drama. He said, you could deliver me from this if you're willing. Jesus said, I am willing. And he healed him. And he went and showed the priest, I am healed. And guess what happened next? He got to spend Thanksgiving with the rest of the family. Imagine what it's like to be separated from everything you hold dear and everything you love. That was leprosy. Leprosy is so horrible. There's a whole chapter in the Bible, Leviticus chapter 13, that says the law concerning leprosy. And explains everything that you have to do. There's a whole chapter in the Bible about leprosy. Leprosy is kind of like the pandemic. You got to stay at home by yourself. In fact, it's even worse than the pandemic. You got to leave your home and go walk around in the wilderness by yourself. Until you find other people with the same drama. You're allowed to hang out with them because they've fallen into the same cycle. Say hey. All right. All right. Luke chapter 17. Verse 11, here's a different group of guys, different group of lepers. Jesus touched that guy. In the old covenant, if you touch somebody with leprosy, you became unclean. But in the new covenant, if you touch somebody with leprosy, they get healed and you stay healed. In the old covenant, if you touch bad stuff, it gets on you. In the new covenant, you go find some bad stuff and say, I command you to go, I command you to go, I command you to go. Because wherever we go, there is a river of life flowing out of us. Amen. They were terrified when Jesus touched them. Jesus, no, no, no. Then all of a sudden the guy's made whole. Oh, well, I guess it's okay. Here we are. We get 10 lepers, all right? Now it happened. He's there. He's going to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village, and there were 10 men. Say 10 men. There were 10 men caught in the same drama. 10 men who found him. Hey, you got lepers, you too, eh? You got kicked out of your home, yeah? Oh, yeah, me too. Hey, you know what? I lost a toe last night. Oh, my God. Lost a toe. Yeah, I'm losing a part of my nose. Drama. Drama. Yeah, life's bad, eh? Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, they hear about Jesus. This Jesus cat. He's over here. He's coming by. So all 10 of them go, Jesus! All 10 of them, caught in their drama, decide, let's give this a shot. I heard he touched the leper, and he was made whole. I heard that he's healing all kinds of people. I hear he's done miracles. I hear everybody who touched him was made whole. Where is he? He's passing by. So they go, all 10 of them. Jesus! I love this next word. You ready? Master. Jesus. 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 There's just something about that name. Master. Savior. Jesus. Okay, all the old people just got a touch of something right there. You know, that was sung at the Catherine Coleman meetings when I was a kid. And I'll tell you, it's one thing to know Jesus, but it's one thing to say, Master. A lot of people want some help from Jesus. But here's 10 guys who are willing to say, Jesus! And you know what? You need Jesus. You really do. If there's no other name you can call, call on Jesus. I'm telling you, he's an incredible breakthrough. But don't just know Jesus as Jesus. Let him be master of your life. And here's some guys who said, Master. And they said, Jesus, master. And here's a really great thing. You ready? Have mercy on us. Who needs some mercy? Anybody needs some mercy? I don't know. I need mercy every day. You got to live in my head. It's scary. 
And I thank God that he, I thank God I never get what I deserve. I thank God that he loves me. I thank God that every day there's a river of mercy flowing towards me because, boy, I need mercy. What I think is even greater is that he also has a river wave after wave of grace. Because I don't just not get what I deserve. I get what I don't deserve. It's his power, his majesty, all flowing towards me. But they said, Jesus, they said, Master, they said, have mercy on us. So... This whole crowd, Jesus traveled with all these people, all muttering. And here these guys are off over there. Jesus! They know they can't come close. People are like, those lepers, tell those lepers to get out of here. It's in the law. It's in the rules. you got to say, unclean, unclean, unclean. You lepers, get out of here. Jesus! All of this drama, all this stuff going on. I want to hear from Jesus. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then here's a beautiful thing. You ready? Look what it says. And he saw them. He saw them. You know what it's like when you're in a situation like that and you're crying out to Jesus and then all of a sudden his eyes lock with yours. You know what it's like to be in a place where you just feel so broken, so hurt, so discarded, so busted, and yet in that deep, dark hole that you might have put yourself in. You know when you're in such a dark, miserable place, and yet Jesus in the eyes of compassion and love finds you there, and he looks at you. He saw them. He saw me. He saw me busted and broken, a total mess. He saw me, and he sees you and he sees people in every state and condition in our society jesus sees them and jesus wants to pour out his mercy on them he saw them and listen to this and he told them he gave them some instructions now the first guy he touched him and he was immediately healed how great is that how many don't want that i want i want the immediate touch i want boom it's done Woo! that was awesome but with these guys they didn't get the immediate touch. Here's what they got. Go and show yourself to the priest. Now they knew exactly what that meant. Because they were where they were because the priest told them, you are now outcasts. You now have a disease that has caused you to be an outcast. And according to Leviticus 13, you have to be removed from culture. Never to be in healthy society again. You lose everything you've ever dreamed of. And it's all gone forever. You are left to roam around in the wilderness and find people with similar drama. To have drama parties with. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Amen. So go show yourself to the priest. Listen, this is. And so it was that. Here's what they did. You know what they did? You know what they did? He saw them. And then he gave them some instructions. And they went, well, how stupid is that? The only reason I show myself to the priest is because I'm healed. <laughs> is that all you got? Show myself to the priest? Like last time I saw the priest, he's the one who put me here. Show myself to the priest. You know what they did? They went. Not healed. No reason to go. No qualification to go before the priest. But you know what they did? On the basis of the word and the instruction of Jesus, they went. They went. And as they went, they started to notice something. Fred, your nose is back. Holy moly. Oh my goodness. I got my index finger. Oh my God. These spots are being removed from my body. Oh my goodness. And they all kept walking to show themselves to the priest. As they went, they were healed and they were cleansed. And as one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice. He glorified God and fell down on his face and his feet. And he gave him thanks. And he gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. 
He was the one guy, a mixed breed, already a social outcast, who found some Jews with the same drama and hung around with them. So here's a guy who doesn't just have leprosy, but he's also a total, total outcast. But this one guy, he comes back to Jesus. The faith in that guy was amazing because he's a Samaritan going to show himself to a Jewish priest. And the Jewish priest wouldn't even have seen him or kicked him out. But somehow he's just going with the instruction of Jesus. But then when he gets healed, he returns to Jesus. He gives him glory and he gives him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see this, though. You see, there's one thing about cleansed is the word katharizo, and that's where you're cleansed, to cleanse. But look what it says. He says, except, he said, listen. He said, was there no one else found to return to me to give me glory except this foreigner? And he said, then arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I love when Jesus said, where's the other nine? Where's the other nine? Where are the other nine? I thought there were ten. Where's the other nine? He came back and he gave thanks. But look what it says. Arise and go your way because your faith has made you well. See, this isn't the faith has made you so. This is your faith has made you sozo. Your faith has saved you, kept you safe, it has rescued you, it's restored your health. I wonder if the others weren't cleansed of leprosy, but weren't fully restored. I don't know, I don't know. But I wonder if the leprosy was gone, but they were still missing parts. I wonder if the leprosy was gone, but there was still brokenness in their lives. But this one we know that he said, you weren't just cleansed, you were sozo. You weren't just cleansed, you were made whole in every single way. There's something about Thanksgiving that opens up something fresh and wonderful in your life that this guy stepped into because he wasn't like one of the nine who went, hey, fantastic. Jesus, master. One more verse, Psalm 136. Just turn around and look at the back wall just, just for fun. Go ahead, just... A... Now, don't want you doing that in the rest of the services, don't you? Some people have a little mirror popping up and go, he should be done now. Are you thankful for me? You're so awesome. Hey, man. Somebody help me. Somebody, somebody help me. I mean, thank you, Jesus. I mean, look at, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Come on, Steve.